Manimal here. It's Friday, November 10th, and today on the show, we're going to talk about the Silver Sluggers. We're also going to go in-depth on the Rangers Silver Sluggers, who we thought might have deserved a Silver Slugger that didn't get one. We're also going to talk free agents, our wish list. We've got a little Arizona Fall League to talk about, and we're going to talk about that 40-man coming up next week. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. Hey, this is Mitch Garver. You're listening to Texas Rangers with the boys. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who absolutely love Rangers baseball. And we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YVK, Kevin Frazier. If you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Kevin Lee Frazier. That is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Don't forget to check out Texas Rangers with the boys on social media. TX Rangers WTB, and don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. One word. Well, just in case you guys didn't know, just in case, the Texas Rangers are the 2023 World Series champions. The banner is ours. Let me introduce <coughs> my co-host, the 300-pound. How you doing, buddy? Where can they find you on socials? And did you know that information that the Rangers are the World Series champs? Well, I check on it every morning to make sure it's still this, it's still there. But as we get farther along in this thing, I'm just going to have to, you know, just learn to live with it, I guess. I'm just going <laughs> to – I don't know how I will. I don't know what the case may be. But I, I guess I'll get used to it sometime around Christmas. And uh, But there's so many important dates between now and Christmas. The Rangers' whole ball club could look completely different between now and Christmas. So, you know, I mean, it's just such a uh, – it's just so heartwarming to to still see that the Texas Rangers are the uh, World Series champions. If you're you're a guy like me that's been a fan for well over 25 years and and, uh, just glad to see it. But but, uh, we're not talking about – my love affair with the Texas Rangers. We've been talking about that for almost a year now. So we're going to tell everybody real quick that you can find me on social medias, X, Animal Bull, Instagram, Manimal 300, and both Facebook and TikTok Bull Pro. So, you know, find me on there. Let's talk some Rangers. Let's enjoy. Hey, you know what? I mean, we can we can always convert that into, like, football talk or whatever, too, you know? So I'm not, uh, sure. not strictly... I'm not strictly just baseball talk, but, uh, you know, I prefer talking about those Texas Rangers. <laughs> and, and, hey, just in case, guys, if you don't have the MLB app and you haven't made the Rangers your favorite team on there, you're missing out. Because every time you open the app, the first thing it shows you is Texas Rangers 5, Arizona Diamondbacks 0. And that box score has been sitting there on the app since that win. And I, every day I go to check the news – I get to just look at that for a second and uh, just bask in the glory of it and, and love every bit of it. So we do have a lot of Rangers talk today, but let's go ahead and quickly jump into the main thing going around the league right now. And that is Silver Slugger Awards. Um, we'll talk about the Rangers who did take home a couple of those uh, Silver Sluggers today or yesterday. Uh, but first off, I'm going to pass it over to you, man, and let you kind of tell everybody who the Silver Slugger winners were this year. Um, and maybe, you know, if there's some controversy there, because I felt like more Rangers should have brought those bats home. 
Well, we'll start over in the National League and uh, uh, talk about those first. At first base in the National League, Matt Olson, who had a tremendous season here. I mean, 54 homers, 139 RBIs. I mean, the type of season that he put up with the 604 slug, it's kind of shocking to me that he wasn't even a candidate for the MVP. But, you know, I mean, those guys, Mookie Betts, uh, Freddie Freeman, you know, deserving as well. It just was shocking that Olsen put up the kind of year that he put up and didn't get uh, even a even a top three nod. At second right. base, the guy that flirted with 400 for a lot of the first half of the season, Louis Arise, um, I think he ended at about 355. But uh, this is second straight silver slugger for Arise, and, you know, he's done it now in two leagues and with two different teams, so good on him. A shortstop, uh, Francisco Lindor, pretty easy. I mean, he's a 30-30 guy this year. Not uh, not too hard to put, top him over there at uh, uh, at shortstop. At third base, Austin Riley, he takes home his second. He uh, had a really big 26-year season. Uh, scored a lot of runs, had a lot of hits, hit a lot of home runs, lots of extra base hits, lots of total bases, big-time 861 ops, so... Really good season for Austin Riley. Uh, and in the outfield in the National League, you've got uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., no surprise. Mookie Betts, no surprise. And Juan Soto, no surprise. So it wasn't very, uh, you know, nothing really th- that uh, shocked anybody in the uh, American League. Maybe some guys that might have been having good seasons that thought maybe they might get them one, but uh, it didn't happen for them. And uh, the catcher in the National League, William Contreras from the Brewers. It's his first win. We're going to talk about him a little bit later because he might be one of those interesting players on the block that we may talk about. And uh, uh-huh. designated hitter, Bryce Harper, who will probably go into the uh, first base, um, the first base silver slugger uh, war next year with Olsen and Freddie Freeman and those guys. So that'll be fun. They give out a utility silver slugger. Uh, Cody Bellinger won that from the Cubs. I guess he played enough first base in center field to, to, to be considered like, a utility guy. Is there going to be a pinch hit, a pinch hit silver slugger next? I I can't imagine we're that far off of it. Um, and and this year they did a new thing where they gave a team silver slugger out. And the first team silver slugger of the National League goes to the Atlanta Braves. And I don't think that's a very big shocker um, to anyone, really, because the Braves had a a tremendous offensive campaign this season. And they, uh, you know, they did everything but win in the playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And another big shout out to Francisco Lindor for. Uh, his help with our first baseman this year, but yeah, I know you're going to go yeah. into these American League Silver Slugger Awards. So yeah, and I'm going to name them off, and then we'll talk about the Rangers more in depth after we get through the list. Yep. Um, um, Yandy Diaz wins in the uh, Amer- first base award in the American League. It's his first win. Uh, it's the first Silver Slugger that a Tampa Bay Ray has collected since 2010. Uh, Yandy had a really good season. Um, I think I saw that Nate Lowe might have been second on that list. Hmm. So, you know, uh, good for Nate Lowe to be right there in it. But Yandy had a tremendous season and, uh, uh, you know, won the batting crown, 
and uh, he was starting first baseman in the all-star game. So he did quite a bit this season for uh, the Devil Rays. And uh, um, and he beats out Nate Lowe for the Silver Slugger. At second base, Marcus Simeon. We'll talk about that here in a minute. At shortstop, Corey Seager. We'll talk about that in a minute. At third base, Raphael Devers, which is his second win. He did put up 30 in home and, and 100 uh, for the third time in his career. Uh, really nice 65 extra base hits and a 125 OPS plus, which is is well above average. He he hits the ball hard a lot of the time, and, uh, and there's a reason why he's right there in that thought process with the Silver Slugger every year. I imagine that Jose Ramirez, Josh Young, and uh, some of the other third basemen were right there in it. And in the outfield, Luis Robert Jr. from the White Sox gets his first one. Julio Rodriguez takes his second in a row. And then Kyle Tucker from the Astros gets his uh, third or his first win and was the third outfielder to grab that uh, silver slugger. We'll probably talk more about that in a minute as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about that. And then catcher Adley Rushman. Um, I, I think just being able to play the full season and, and Heim having a little bit of hit there in the second half probably was the difference between the two. And um, no surprise, the designated hitter was Shohei Otani. Uh, that's his second win. And he just, uh, he, you know, he we've talked about Otani enough and how great he is. And, and he's going to be tremendous as a Texas Ranger next year and, and all of that stuff. But uh, uh, we, we said utility, right? The utility for the AL was Gunnar Henderson from the uh, uh, Orioles. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the good young player had a really nice season. And uh, in the American League, the offensive team of the year was the uh, Texas Rangers. So we'll probably talk about that here in a little bit as well. But overall, not really a ton of surprises on who won and who didn't. I think uh, maybe Adolis Garcia might have uh, deserved yeah. one over a couple of those guys. But sure. missed time late in the season and when they do the voting is basically right after he had missed a bunch of time. And so, you know, Tucker kind of took over on him at both uh, RBIs and uh, war uh, there at the late in the season. So I can see why Kyle Tucker was was named that. I, it would have been nice to see Garcia get one. Um, but Garcia got an ALCS MVP and a, a World Series championship while Kyle Tucker got to look on. So, you know, right. I guess it, it evens out there in the end. Well, let me, let me cut in. I got to cut in. One of yes, the sir. things that I saw about, because this is my only real kind of argument here, um, I could go a little bit on the, the Jonah Heim just because of the run production element and the big RBIs he got all year long. But I digress on that one. I can give up on that one. But one of the justifications I kept seeing for, like, Julio Rodriguez was, oh, he another, you know, almost got 30-30. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, this is a slugger award, hitting. Like, like it doesn't matter how many bases he stole. This is not a, like, a silver slugger, silver cleats award. This is a silver slugger award. And to me, I felt like Adolis Garcia this year was a better hitter than both Robert and Julio Rodriguez. And I feel like he could have gotten the nod over both those guys. Kyle Tucker was the one I wouldn't have argued – 
that he got over it just because I think Kyle Tucker might be the best hitting outfielder in the American League easily. So it's kind of makes sense. But those other two guys, especially because Julio Rodriguez struggled a lot early in the year, I felt like he missed time too. Um, and then Luis well, Robert didn't play. wasn't very good in the first half of the year. And then Luis Robert didn't play an important game all year. And so no, it's like that's I, I, that, 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 that's my argument for, for Garcia. It's not, not, and that's not even a Homer thing. Like, like I looked at the numbers and I'm like, the only thing these guys did that he didn't really do was steal a few more bases. bases. Yeah. Right. And, and it's like, and it's really not as, that, that they have was, another award for that. Yeah. Well, and that was an MO of what, uh, Garcia had done in the past to try and keep pace with that, but this year he spent a little bit more time slugging and a less time stealing bases. So, yep. um, you know, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not too terribly uh, upset with any of it. Um, no. uh, again, Garcia. He's. You know, he's. He got his this year. He got a Gold Glove and you know, ALCS MVP, and he's hoisting that uh, the the Commissioner's Trophy. So. You know, there's a lot of good stuff about the season. And, yeah, he probably could have swept it and won a, a silver slugger as well. And I don't think anybody would have batted an eye at it. But at the end of the day, I mean, I guess you could probably make a case as um, at utility in the Amer- American League for Jordan Alvarez, who plays enough left field and DH mm-hmm. to – you know, mm-hmm. give give that man a silver slugger just because of him. But yeah, I saw a picture of him when he was uh, young with Louis Robert. And if uh, Dallas Garcia, if they're making some claims about a Dallas Garcia getting on the gas, let's make some claims about Jordan Alvarez and his little <laughs> bitty arms that he had when he was eighteen. But I, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I don't think either one of those guys are are doing anything that the league doesn't know about. Okay, December first. Tell December first. Oh, the Mac Classic. Did yeah. you see? I, I'm officially in. Yeah. <laughs> Entrant number eleven. I didn't figure that they would have a Mac Classic without the old manimal, but but uh, you never know. Uh, but uh, December first, Martin House Brewing Company. Matt Warpro is back with the Winter Classic. It's going to be a hand of fate draw where basically um, all the names will be in a wheel. And they will pick out a name, and the name in that, uh, and the name that is picked will tag with the next name that is picked, and then they will tag against two other names that are picked. So it's going to be uh, a a a lo- what do you, what do you call that? A sudden death tournament, right? Where they mm-hmm. where uh, you lose and you're out. Okay. So, it's it's all elimination style. As soon as you lose, you're out. There's no round robin. There's no anything like that. And, uh, Love the it. Winner, the winner of said tournament will then hoist the Winter Classic Cup, which is going to be similar to a Stanley Cup. And uh, we'll just see how that all comes out. But your name will go on that cup forever. And uh, as we go on down the years, we'll just pass that cup around instead of having a new cup. Similar awesome. to the standard. Awesome. So it's going to be a big well, time what? December 1st. Just real quick, don't forget that our uh, that Starry's Ice Cream will be out there. I think Martin House is having um, food trucks of their own. Um, I don't believe that uh, we'll have our guys out there on this one. But uh, they'll be right back in January when we uh, announce that date. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's use that... Um... 
Silver Slugger's conversation as a as a segue uh, into our Rangers talk. Marcus Simeon, well deserved. We already talked about our belief that Dallas Garcia could have deserved one. Corey Seager, well deserved. Who Corey Seager also you kind know, of kind of every- smashes the whole concept of like if you didn't play the whole season. Uh, I, I think Corey Seager. Sorry to to cut you off. I'll just finish oh. my thought and I'll pass it off. I think Corey Seager, like when he was on the field, was this was one of the best hitting seasons I've ever seen in my life. All the way through the playoffs, I just thought he was so dangerous There's uh, never all year long. long. Right, and Marcus Simeon to me was the complete kind of not opposite, but like the kind of like an antidote where he wasn't as ex- like explosive, but he was consistent. Day in, day out, and his compiling of numbers um, through consistency is why I believe he got it. And I think it's cool to see both of those guys get rewarded for different, uh, for their different ways of having success. And obviously, the Rangers as a team, everybody deserved that silver slugger this year because everybody hit, everybody made a contribution, uh, and every every guy on that on that lineup, all the way from Seager down to your Jankowski and Robbie Grossman deserve that team silver slugger award now pass it off to you now yeah when i when i talk about simi you know everybody was uh uh, the term we like to use marking out for 30 30 uh well i'm gonna mark out for marcus simeon's 100 100 sure because that's i mean that's more impressive to me than a 30 30 and i know that rbis are somewhat based on the people getting on in base in front of you but when you go up there with those guys on base you know, and you do drive them in, that's a value. And, right. and, and you know, I mean, I, I get the idea, but at the same time, it's a, it's a value to have a guy that's hit, driving in runs, scoring runs. I think he also led the league in hits. Um, so yep. Marcus Simeon, definitely well-deserved. The same thing, Corey Seager, you were talking about uh, um, missing some time, but man, I mean, you know, normally when a guy misses time, he not only loses, you know, timing at the plate and all of that stuff, but like Corey Seager never lost timing at the plate. He spent the whole season in the zone. I mean, like there was never a lull. There was never a downtime for him. He spent that whole time just, I mean, he was, he was, he was fantastic every game that he played. I mean, I think I saw where, he had like one stretch of the season where he had two games in a row where he didn't get a hit. Like, I mean, oh you're talking God. even, uh, <laughs> even playing 116 games. That's, that's intense. That's a, 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 a crazy number. So same with Corey Seager. I thought uh, from day one this year, he basically led this team. And when they had moments where he was out, somebody stepped up big time in his spot, whether it be in Simeon early in the year with Duran or whether it being uh, later in the year, they got, they got good, um, you know, they got good play from both Josh Smith and Zeke Duran. And they, you know, and they struggled a little bit that second time without him where that first time they just kind of went on. But, but again, you know, when Corey Seager was in the lineup, he hit whenever he was, uh, you know, when, whenever he was in that lineup every day, you could expect something from Corey Seager. Yeah, and I, and again, I think as big as those two silver sluggers were, and as bit of a controversial thing that that Dallas Garcia didn't get one, I think the Rangers getting that team silver slugger 
for this team especially because it was definitely the epitome of a team. A lot that means a lot to those guys, and and I think every one of them deserve it because again, everyone really had a contribution with the bat. I mean, of course, you could probably talk about a couple of guys that 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 maybe didn't, but every team's going to have a couple of guys that don't hit. But man, everybody on this team pretty much uh, had a big hit somewhere down the line in the season that contributed um, to to what the Rangers did. And uh, hats off to them, and and we're pumped about it. And we want as many trophies in the trophy case from this 2023 season as as we can possibly get, because these are the seasons that you remember the rest of your life. And uh, trophies are a way just to kind of to keep a to keep somewhat of a memorabilia for that. Um, let's well, there's another possible the... one oh, coming up oh. on Saturday night, right? Is that are we talking manager of the year? No, I'm talking about the oh, AFL championship. The, oh, the Bears Arizona Fall League Championship. Championship. Man, yeah. talk about it. Tell everybody about what's going on down there in Arizona. Well, the uh, surprise Zagueros, they won the uh, they won the regular season of uh, Arizona Fall League, and that, uh, that's the team that consists of Rangers prospects, and uh, the Rangers prospects have been very good for the, the, for the team. Uh, last night, Mitch Brat, who has had kind of a rough Arizona Fall League, got himself four scoreless innings so good for him after he's had a he's had a little bit of a rough season this year dealing with some injuries getting blown up by the u.s uh uh baseball team early in the season in the world baseball classic and and not being quite healthy the full season and 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 having his fair share of struggles in the arizona fall league it was really nice to see him calm down get his stuff together last night and and uh, put together some really quality innings, but uh, Abby Ortiz is playing really well out there. Um, we've talked about Hoopy Tui and on the Toa and Emiliano Teota and how well they've been for how well they've been playing for the team. So surprise team, they're waiting on the winner of tonight's game between Peoria and Scottsdale, and they'll uh, they'll play them on Saturday night in the AFL Championship. So there's another piece of hardware that. You know, I guess it goes one fourth of the way back to the uh, Texas Rangers. <laughs> well, the Rangers just having one of those years, man, which we've never had. So really exciting. Um, and hats off to those guys. And, and we'll tell you a little bit later about uh, what we have upcoming this weekend as it relates to the Rangers minor league system. Um, now, there's some let's talk about real quick some offseason moves that are possible for the Rangers. And first, we're going to talk about trades. And then we'll talk about free agents. Um, and again, we don't have to uh, go too deep into this. Maybe we can just talk about our maybe first picks. And then as we go on uh, over the, the few next few days, we can kind of talk about maybe our secondary guys. But one of the guys that we've had our eyes on for a good while, and we kind of have just kind of said, you know, it's a hope, but we're not going to like, you know, hold our breath on it. Uh, Corbin Burns and a guy that I know you really like, Devin Williams. Um, Milwaukee's looking like they're anybody, anybody and everybody is available. You brought up Wilson Contreras. Um, is it possible that the, that the Rangers do a little, uh, go a little, do a little Christmas shopping, uh, at the, uh, expense of the Milwaukee Brewers? Uh, is, is that possible? And what do you think about it? Well, I know one thing for sure that, uh, Christmas time in Milwaukee is cold. Uh, Brewers sure. are, are are proving that case to be true with uh, some of their higher up guys on their team um, between Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, 
uh, is it Frankie Peralta? I, I can't mm-hmm. remember who that third starter is. I want to say his name's Peralta, but it might not be Frankie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that may be an old player that I'm just – really really quality starting pitching up there they've got a really good bullpen it doesn't just end at Devin Williams they've got other pieces in that back end as well but uh, Devin Williams if he's the type of guy that is available and the Rangers are looking to get that that uh, close down back into the bullpen types that that you see them kind of on everybody's radar for Josh Hader this could be a way to trade some prospects to get him instead of going the route of, you know, signing a pitcher and losing a draft pick. So either way, you're going to lose a young player. It's just you have to decide on whether you're going to lose young players that you already know a little something about, or if you're going to lose young players down the road. Um, But Corbin Burns, I believe that he has one year of arbitration left uh, in Mm. next year. Um, but he might have to. I haven't looked at the numbers because I wasn't really sure which guys we were going to all talk about today. Um, I imagine mm-hmm. Corbin Burns was one of them. But um, at the same time, I mean, as we get closer and we know more about what the Brewers are going to do, you know, then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Burns as a real possibility. But when you talk about the guys that they have, um, you know, at least on the pitching side of the ball, uh, Woodruff, um, Peralta, mm-hmm. and Burns are all three really quality pitches, and that's why the Brewers win ninety games a year because they yeah. they have good quality pitching. And and you know, I mean, you send Burns away, you send one of Woodruff or Peralta, one any of those three guys away, you're going to get good young pitching back. And yep. and it just it, it just kind of depends on what the Rangers are willing to do to set or what the Rangers are willing to send and what the Brewers are willing to accept and what they're what they're looking for on the back end of these trades. Because, you know, I mean, there's probably a handful of guys that the Rangers are not looking to trade for one year of service or, uh, you know, or a bullpen hand. So we'll just kind of see. Mm-hmm. Devin Williams would definitely be on my wish list. Um, you, know, you know, Corbin Burns, I mean, I'm never going to say no, get him in town, never let him leave, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, but there's, there's, um, there's other guys as well that uh, I've seen that Tyler Glass now may be available from the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, you know, the Brewers have good position players too. Um, the uh, Willie Adamas is short, and then the kid that just won the gold glove behind the plate. Um, Contreras. Yeah, Contreras. And then, you know, Christian Yelich is still on that ball club. And, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's good pieces in the, uh, the Brewers. Uh, I imagine St. Louis is going to be looking to sell an outfield piece. Uh, uh, you know, the, Dylan Carlson will probably have some real interest this offseason, but then also like Burleson and Donovan will have some interest. Uh, you know, uh, a team that may be willing to trade some pieces, probably not to the Rangers, but to try and to get rid of some of their pieces to have some more financial flexibility might be the Houston Astros. Um, mm. uh you know, I see Boston is shopping Alex Verdugo. I mean, I'm not interested, but someone is. Uh, mm. You know, so there's there's players. There's going to be players hey, available. I, I have a question. 
have a question. Yeah. So one of the guys that that looks like he might be available that might not cost you a lot. Um, what do you think about Reese Hoskins? Um, I I don't hate him. I don't I don't know exactly know what he's going to do here though. Well, isn't no. he more of like a a hitting you know like an outfielder DH? Well, I just think of him as a guy that that could be like a low a low cost. Um, kind of guy that that's coming off of our injury season with a lot to prove um, that could provide you like some veteran leadership and also, you know, and, and playoff kind of playoff caliber type success. I think um, we got, he was an interesting guy. Yeah. I think we got to kind of learn where the Rangers are with Shohei Otani before, sure. you know, right. and, and he's actually, yeah, he's the guy I'm thinking about if, if that's not a, a case as a guy that's like, again, like, somebody you don't have to give up a lot for but could have a really high ceiling um if he can come and have a good year but if he doesn't have a good year it's not the end of the, you know it's not the end of the world yeah i agree um, uh, another guy that i that would going back to the brewers who have basically said everybody's available would be like maybe a rowdy tellez someone like okay. that who yeah. hits yep. doesn't play a real position i guess you could spell nate low at first if you absolutely needed it um, but he's, a, he's the type of guy that may be available that, uh, you know, uh, not exactly my first choice, but he's a veteran hitter now that, uh, that does hit, I mean, he does hit mm-hmm. and he was an old blue Jays prospect back in the day. And I mean, he's always, mm-hmm. hit. it's just been about, you know, getting that time to hit and, and getting those opportunities to hit. So, uh, but there's <laughs> lots of guys, I mean, you never know and things will open up more as you get along, uh, or as we go along in this off season and you'll start seeing more guys kind of become available. Oh, it's normally right around Thanksgiving. Um, so we're about two weeks away, a little less than two weeks away now from, from that being kind of the case. Cool. Cool. Well, and then real quick, uh, before we cut out out of here, um, you know, who are your top free agent targets? Um, Obviously, we know the the big names out there: Blake Snell, Giolito, Josh Hader, uh, Sonny Gray. Uh, who who's on your wish list that might we might know about, or is and who's that obscure guy that that no one's talking about that you might have an eye on? Well, the I mean, obviously Otani at the top. Um, I I imagine that if you sign Shohei Otani, you're going to have to put a second year option after the second year after he gets back healthy and pitches. So I imagine that'll be the case with Otani, but that may end up being a, a, a nice selling ploy for the Rangers to get him here on, you know, you can, you can give him the 12 year deal with the opt out after two, and then you may only be out the first two years of that contract. Who knows? But uh, mm-hmm. and so he's definitely probably top of the list for, I mean, anybody that's wanting to win right now. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, pitching wise, I, I like what Jordan Montgomery did for the Rangers last year. I don't know if he has enough uh, swing and miss for what they're really looking for, but the guys behind him, I mean, Snell has the swing and miss, but he's, he's going to walk six or seven a night and you got to watch him work in and out of problems and, and mm-hmm. all of that oh, through the course of the night. Um, 
I like both of those guys. I like the idea that Jordan Montgomery doesn't come with a draft pick and that he's already been here, but he doesn't have a ton of swing and miss stuff. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm on the, I'm on the edge. Uh, I feel like Kershaw at some point is going to hit a wall. Um, mm-hmm. uh, last year, his FIP was well over four, even though his ERA was under three. Um uh, you know, I'm really intrigued by the uh, the the young Japanese fellow that's going to post this week, uh, Yaba Yabakama, uh-huh. whatever his name. I can't. I'm not going to butcher it any worse than I already just tried. Um, but I'm interested in him. He's got uh, electric stuff. He's kind of got you Darvish comparisons. So I wouldn't expect him to come over to the big leagues and do what you know, what he did in Japan, but at the same time, man, I like him as well. Uh, yeah, they got a, they got a lot of guys on the, on the market. I like Aaron Nola. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if they're looking for right-handed or left-handed pitching, you know, I mean, Kershaw could fill a role here, but like I said, I feel like he's going to hit a wall at some point in the next year or two. You, you might be able to get away with one more year of a, of a inflated FIP with a, a, a still good earned run average. So, you know, who knows? But there's a lot of good prop, pop prospects out there for the Texas Rangers to, to go after. And, and uh, Josh Hader is probably in the bullpen, one of the top guys that I would be looking at for sure. And, and you know, I mean, when your team's in on all the big ones, you want to be in on all the big ones too. I mean, last year we weren't, we didn't even think we were in on DeGrom until it happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, I'm going to add my, my free agent wish list. Uh, I'm just going to give it, I'm just going to put it out there with at the top of the, the top of the list. I would love to see the Rangers upgrade their bullpen with a Josh Hader uh, and make a trade for Devin Williams. Those guys, to me, like for sure, I'd like to see them re-sign Montgomery just because it makes you make sure that you've got what, you know, you've got a solid uh, starter who can give you 200 innings. Um, and then at the top of the, the pitching list, like I, I think like Snell, just like you said, makes me nervous. So does uh, Glass now. And again, we're talking trade and free agent, but like both of those guys have electric stuff, but both of them also come with a little bit of baggage. I'd like to see somebody a little more consistent. Um, I'm a little nervous about Kershaw myself. Same. I I wonder about the wall. The thing about Otani that's interesting to me is that I do like the short-term contract because next year, Max Scherzer, his contract runs out. So therefore, you know, it kind of drops almost $50 million off the book. Therefore, you're only really eating a lot of con- extra contract just that one year. And then now Otani's contract isn't quite so uh, huge, and it might give you that flexibility to keep him around if he if he's fitting in really well. So it should be a good weekend. Uh, we'll know more on Monday. Uh, let me tell you guys real quick about what we got going on uh, this weekend as it relates to our exclusive content. If you didn't know, we have a show called Down on the Farm with the Boys. It's just $1.99 a month. It's our exclusive uh, Texas Rangers minor league content where we talk about all things in the minor league. You heard a little bit about the Arizona Fall League earlier in the show today. But this weekend, we're going to talk about what players we believe the Rangers are going to put on their 40-man roster so that they can avoid uh, this uh, the, the Rule 5 draft. And we'll go into depth about what that actually means and why it works that way. If you hadn't, we, we talked about it last year, but 
We've picked up a lot of new listeners, so we'll talk about what that means and why it's going to affect this 40-man roster and what players might be a casualty, some of the players you love that might be casualties of this because the Rangers just can't let these top-level draft picks walk away. So tune in, $1.99 a month, go to our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. One word. And subscribe today. Also, on Monday, we're going to talk about – we're going to talk a little bit about the 40-man roster and just kind of what we think the Rangers are going to be doing as regards to that because everything has to be done by Tuesday, correct? Tuesday, I want to believe the time is 4 p.m. Central. Right. So Monday and Tuesday, we will probably be looking at guys that could go on the 40-man or – we may be, you know, making our best bets. I mean, they got lucky last year with Antoine Kelly that he didn't get picked up, so they got to put him on there. You know, there's guys like Foskey and Church that are getting to that point where they're available for that thing. And you got you got spots, I would say, that probably five or six, maybe even seven guys would go on there. It depends on what they like with Wenzel and some of those dudes. So we'll just kind of see. They're going to have some spots on the uh, – the 40 man. Cause I think it's at 32. If I'm not 33, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, so they got spots. So we'll just kind of find out. Uh, but there's going to be casualties throughout the year on that 40 man. And uh, you know, I imagine Matt Bush at some point will be one and uh, they've still got Austin hedges on the 40 man, but he's a free agent. There's, you know, they have to bring him back if they want him to be back and, so I think it's at like 33 with the possibility of it being cut to maybe 32, maybe even more, depending on if they make some hard decisions on some of the prospects that they put on there last year. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. It is a blast. As always, don't forget to check us out on social media, TXRangersWTV. Don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. One word. And don't forget to subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys. It's $1.99 a month. We cover all things minor league. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcasting platform for the 300-pound animal. This is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys. Have a great weekend. We are signing out.